0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. (laughs) So, starting starting the show with a bit of a giggle because um, this is probably one of the most epic takedowns of Biden I've ever seen. You remember Shamika Michelle? She's been on my show on Filtered, the radio show. If you haven't seen this takedown of Joe Biden, Uh, I'm going to play a few videos of this guy, uh, Joe Biden, saying the quiet part out loud. You're not going to want to We're going to start the show with a bang today. I got that. Uh, A couple things on, listen, my position on, on COVID mandates has not changed one bit. I'll address that also. I had warned you about Francis Collins being the like the new Dr. Fauci. This guy is big trouble. Thankfully, he's leaving his position. He's a public figure. He's open to criticism. And I'll show you why. This guy is just as bad as Fauci as, you know, with the Corona Bros. Got that and a lot more. Hey, you have a right to privacy. Defend it. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Welcome to the damn Bongino Show on the uh, few days just before Christmas, the week of Christmas. This is going to be, uh, my kids are really looking forward to it. I'm sure yours are as well. Uh, we got that. Also, uh, we'll cover just an update on the Ghislaine Maxwell case, which is just fascinating. Evidence lost. (laughs) What a coincidence.
1: All right, Joe, let's go. Ho,
0: hey, ho, 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 There you go. was a little change up, Joe. Yeah. Appreciate that. Merry Christmas to all, yes. we'll be telling you throughout this week. We've got uh, great shows and live radio shows coming right up to you until we'll be off on Christmas Eve and Christmas. But um, we got some good content for you this week, I promise you. Keep you busy while you're making some of those, uh, preparing some of those Christmas dinners. And while Santa and the elves are getting those Christmas presents going. So this is... um. I have a big, what the hell did he just say? I'll play the takedown of Joe Biden in a minute. But Joe Biden, again, folks, saying the quiet part out loud, exposing the Democrat Party for who who they all are. Here's his first piece of video. This is the kind of thing that really shouldn't matter in a constitutional republic, right? If you vote, you should be rest assured your vote is counted whether it's counted by a Republican or a Democrat, no matter what their race, color, or creed is, right? You would think in a democracy and a functioning constitutional republic, more precisely stated like we have, does it really matter who counts the vote? According to Joe Biden, who said the quiet part out loud last week, check this out. The struggle is no longer just who gets the vote or making it easy for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. (laughs) This guy is just, the gift that keeps on giving. And I don't mean a gift of freedom and liberty. I mean, he just has no guy on his shoulder. You know, the little guy on your shoulder going, hey, Joe, tapping you. Maybe you shouldn't say that. Now, we've known for a long time that the left has had a fascination with who counts the votes. Why? We can only speculate, folks, why the left cares so much about who's counting the vote, why Joe Biden keeps saying the quiet part out loud. But my guess is, is this now decade-long affair with the Democrats' obsession with who counts the vote may have something to do with this, a story from June of 2011. You said that wrong, Dan. You said 20- no, no, 2011. I mean it. From a decade ago. Washington Times, Chuck Newbauer, George Soros and liberal groups seeking top election posts and battleground states. Yes. <clears throat> the article is about George Soros and the left and their obsession with Secretary of State positions within the states. Why? because they ultimately will supervise elections in many cases. And it just makes you wonder again, why the left is so obsessed with who counts the vote. You would think in a constitutional republic, the vote would be the vote would be the vote, but they seem obsessed with who's counting it. You ever ask yourself why? <clears throat> if not, you should. But here's uh even, this is even, even worse. <clears throat> here's Joe Biden again, saying the quiet part out loud. I mean, how, This isn't a rank insult to the black community and doesn't speak of how Democrats look at you. I I don't know. This is, again, the soft bigotry of low expectations that the Democrat Party has for black America, something thankfully never replicated on the conservative side, where we believe everyone's touched by the hand of God and has unique potential. And it doesn't matter what the melanin content of your skin is. Not the left. Here's Joe Biden this weekend, quickly, insulting now black entrepreneurs. Joe, do you know black entrepreneurs can't find lawyers and stuff? Really? Are you aware of that? No. Oh. Really? I know you're stunned because you're a conservative. Joe's like, really? That's funny. Joe's like, yeah, I've met a bunch of black entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they have. I've actually met some of their lawyers. too. Joe, even crazier. I've met black entrepreneurs who are lawyers. You're oh, my God. The me. left is stunned. No, I know I, I know. I know this dude. is a lot. Yeah. I know it's, I don't want to Joe. It's, you know, it's Christmas. Joe's excited. Yes. I don't want to overwhelm you with an Elizabeth moment. Keep your yeah. nitro tabs. But yes, I have met actual black entrepreneurs who are lawyers. Matter of fact, we have a black entrepreneur in our neighborhood. Yeah. Who's a lawyer. He's a very wealthy guy. Shocker to Joe Biden. Wow. <laughs> you doubt me? Here. Check this out. What, what we learned. We learned there's no difference between a black entrepreneur and a white entrepreneur in success. Except the black entrepreneur usually doesn't have a lawyer. Usually doesn't have someone who is going to be there, an accountant. Oh, my gosh. Is this guy not the captain of cringe? How are you sitting in an audience listening to this? Seriously. Yeah. How are you not sitting there head in hand? Like uh, this guy's a cold. I supported this idiot. He's a (laughs) cold. Right. (laughs) It's, It's just unbelievable. Black entrepreneurs can't find lawyers. This is incredible. Let me introduce you to one of my black entrepreneur friends. I promise you, um, they. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, I can't believe we're having this conversation. These soft bigotry of low expectations. I'd argue the hard bigotry on the left. Now, getting to the epic takedown. Shamika Michelle is a commentator. She's frequently on uh, Jason Whitlock's podcast on uh, Blaze TV. It's it's pretty terrific. Shamika's fantastic. I've had her on Unfiltered. I'm thinking about having her back again this week and see if she's available. Here she just destroys Biden. But I want you to pay very close attention to the beginning. If you don't understand what she's saying in the first 10 or 15 words, it's not by accident. Pay very close attention to the beginning. <laughs> she just rips Biden apart. And the co-panelists, if you're watching on Rumble, their reaction is priceless. The visuals. Check this out.
1: Salabona, that's niece. In English or Shemeekinese, he sucks. And I am not surprised because I never thought he was going to do a good job. You know, I appeal to people a lot that say I don't get into politics. So for those that don't get into politics, what I can tell you is that for those of us that make gumbo for Christmas, it's going to be hella expensive because everything has gone up and I tweeted today, I can't believe black people voted for higher crab leg prices. They are outrageous. Now we have this man in office who wet looks like he wets the bed. He certainly wets himself when he's awake, so I feel like he wets himself when he's sleeping. And... I just think people are looking at us like we are very weak as a country. I'm seeing policies that are just going way too far left. He sucks for me if you didn't get that already. I just, I'm not happy. (laughs) That's
0: that's Bidenese. I I listened to that in the beginning. I'm like, am I playing this at double speed? Am I supposed to understand what she's saying? And she goes, in Shamikaese, That means he sucks. Yeah, good, good, nice job, Shamika Michelle. Listen, the guy's a failure. It's kind of a little, uh, a little lighter moment at the beginning of the show, but on a serious note, um, what she said there is true. I mean, nothing the man is doing is going well. Nothing, whether on the inflation front, the border front, it's been just sadly an apocalyptic disaster. But as I discussed on my show Saturday night on Fox. Um, unfiltered there is a silver lining to this the silver lining to it all is they are alienating minority voters parents who were were in the past public school supporters are now turning to homeschool and private school options to get away from the teachers unions they are alienating uh, middle class working voters as well as even some union workers start to figure out they're not on their side they're alienating seniors who are on fixed incomes who are suffering from inflation the silver lining, folks, is I believe we're going to hit rock bottom and turn it around soon. I'm not just throwing that out there. That's not Pollyannish nonsense. Okay. Hey, I've been getting a lot of questions, especially this weekend, about the de Blasio mandate and how it's going to affect the Fox News studio in New York. Listen, my position hasn't changed one bit. Appreciate a bunch of people who uh, reached out. It's my same position I've had with Cumulus. I'm not complying with any mandate end of story. Uh, that's just the way it is. That nothing's changed. My position is the same as it's been from the start. And um, I'm going to do everything I can <clears throat> to support the people who uh, work with me and are affected by this. Everything in my uh, economic power to support them. Nothing's changed there at all. Nothing. But I got a few questions. They're good questions. You should be asking that stuff. You deserve to know. And people should be on the record when they stay on this. I will not be complying with any mandates anywhere. So just so we're all clear on that. Now, I had warned you a while ago about Francis Collins. Listen, for, for, folks, first, now I know why I say Ferks. Folks, first, that's what I, now I've always wondered why I say Ferks, like I made this stupid word up. I warned you about Collins. Collins is as bad as Fauci. That's number one. Number two, Francis Collins is a public figure. It's not personal. I don't dislike Francis Collins because I don't know Francis Collins. I don't want to know Francis Collins. Francis Collins is as he's Fauci's boss, by the way, is worse than Fauci in many respects. He's a public figure. He is not your personal doctor. He's not your oncologist. He's not your foot doctor. He is a public figure paid for with public funds. He is therefore open to public scrutiny. If Francis Collins and the left doesn't don't like that, then Francis Collins and the left can find someone else who has the guts to withstand public scrutiny when collecting our public money. I warned you about this guy. This guy's as bad as Fauci. Now he gets busted on TV this week by Brett Baer, <clears throat> uh, who was in uh, now that Chris Wallace left Fox. Brett Baer was in, and he asked Francis Collins, who was a Fauci's boss over there at NIH. He's like, "Listen, they had this great Barrington Declaration by Jay Bhattacharya and uh, Nobel Prize winner and others, right?" The Great Barrington Declaration said, your lockdowns basically aren't working. We should focus on the vulnerable. The It never, ever said, quote, let it rip. They made that up, Collins and them. So now that an email was discovered between Collins, Fauci, and others, Brett Baer confronts Collins about it. Says, hey, you guys were engaged in a PR strategy attacking this Great Barrington Declaration? Why? Now that everybody who wrote it was right about the failure of the lockdowns, watch This smarmy, snaky, disgusting answer by this failed public servant. Oh, it was a let it rip strategy. It was no let it rip strategy. That's a PR campaign. Listen to this snake. Check this out. In a newly released set of emails received from Freedom of Information Act between you and Dr. Fauci in October of 2020, you referenced the Great Barrington Declaration. That was a group of epidemiologists and public health scientists who wrote, quote, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of prevailing COVID-19 policies. Continuing current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long long term public health. In this email to Dr. Fauci and Cliff Lane at NIH, you write, quote, hi, Tony and Cliff, if, see, and you connect to the Great Barrington Declaration link, this proposal from three fringe epidemiologists who met with the secretary seems to be getting a lot of attention, and even a co-signature from a Nobel Prize winner, Mike Levitt at Stanford. There needs to be a quick and devastating public takedown of its premises. I don't see anything like that online yet. Is it underway? Francis, did you write that? I did write that, and Why? I will stand by that. Let, let me explain. What was being proposed there was basically saying, uh, let's not worry about mitigation. Let's just let this virus rip. Uh, this is of course, before we had vaccines and basically these, I will call them fringe epidemiologists who really did not have the credentials to be making such a grand sweeping statement. We're saying, just let the virus run through the population and eventually then everybody will have had it and we'll be okay. Hundreds of thousands of people would have died uh, if we had followed that strategy. Where do we start with this complete buffoon, Francis Collins, who thankfully, thankfully is leaving government. Thankfully, the damage this man and Fauci has caused, have caused, is is, is almost incalculable. Number one, he calls them fringe epidemiologists. Jay Bhattacharya, who, by the way, had NIH funded research himself. One of them won the Nobel Prize. It was involved in this Great Barrington Declaration. Number one. Number two. No one ever said in the Great Barrington Declaration, if you've actually read it, which clearly Collins didn't or did and is lying about it because he's good at that kind of stuff, you know, the latter. It never said, let it rip. It said that our goal should be focused protection on the vulnerable. Focus protection on the vulnerable and that many people who had a strong likelihood of surviving the virus were going to wind up contracting it. So we should focus our protection on the vulnerable. And herd immunity eventually will kick in. But herd immunity, ladies and gentlemen, is not a strategy. As Jay Bhattacharya points out in his tweet response to this, it's not a strategy, herd immunity. No different than gravity is a strategy. Herd immunity is just something that happens with viruses when they infect a lot of the population, which you're seeing now. Francis Collins was clearly wrong. The lockdowns didn't work. The school closures didn't work. The push endlessly the vaccines and it'll stop the virus from replicating strategy didn't work. The zero COVID strategy didn't work. Nothing they said was true. Francis Collins and Fauci. And now he's embarrassed and humiliated because his record as a public servant will be forever tarnished by his own stupidity being on the wrong side of this. So, what did they do early on? They had to attack prominent scientific figures who doubted their lockdown strategy in the beginning to try to save their reputation. Fauci and Collins are getting nervous. Fauci and Francis Collins are getting nervous because now the data is starting to come out in their lockdown strategy, ladies and gentlemen, and it is horrendous, horrendous. So what are they doing? He's doubling. Some people are trying to retcon, like Randy Weingarten, their history. Now they realize how bad the lockdowns were. Collins still, for some bizarre reason, is doubling down. I'm going to get to the Wall Street Journal piece in a minute, which points out how the science of lockdowns was an abysmal, cataclysmic failure of the highest order. Before we get to that, let me get to my uh, second sponsor here. Hey, there's an incredible app for everyone out there. It's available. Anyone who buys gas, you need to know about it. It's called Get Upside. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play. Go now. Use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, and you'll get a bonus $0.25 per gallon off on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. You'll get a bonus uh, $0.25 per gallon in your first fill-up. It's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back in your first tank. Can't beat that. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the GetUpside app and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back in your first tank. That's promo code Bongino. Thanks, GetUpside. So, Fauci's panicking along with Collins because they're realizing as the more data starts to come out about their lockdown strategy, it was a failure. They probably got people killed in excess of fatalities we would have had if we would have had a strategy following the Great Barrington Declaration guidelines to protect the vulnerable. Now, on the (coughs) science quote of lockdowns, here's the Wall Street Journal headline, the fickle science of lockdowns. This is a fascinating, fascinating piece I can't encourage you to read in strong enough terms. They're getting nervous as now everybody starts to figure out how badly this failed. So you may be asking yourself, if the lockdown strategy failed, then why did they do it given there was no data to back this up? This Wall Street Journal piece talks about how before the coronavirus pandemic, there were mounds of studies and data and work on lockdowns with prior pandemics for respiratory viruses. And they all said the same thing. There's no evidence these things work. So why did they change their minds? Well, the journal answers that question. So why did public health authorities abandon their... Wait, got to go back to the other one. So why did public health authorities abandon their opposition to lockdowns? Why did they rush to embrace the untested claims of flawed epidemiological modeling? One answer appears in the Johns Hopkins study from 2019. Quote, some NPIs, such as travel restrictions and quarantine, might be pursued for social or political purposes. Oh, by political leaders rather than pursued because of public health evidence. That was back in 2019. Fauci and Collins are politicians. Catering to the whims of the left. Public health officials, hmm, they may be paid by the public. They certainly weren't representing public health. You see how in 2019 they saw that? The the appearance, Joe, of doing something. You get it? They had the appearance of doing something. Oh, we're going to lock everybody down. Yeah. Meanwhile, the science was this stuff doesn't work. Now, the fear porn campaign won't stop. I'll get to more of these lockdowns in a second, by the way, and how Randy Weingarten, the teachers union head, is trying to like retcon history. You know, retconning when you pretend the original Halloween movies and Michael Myers didn't happen and you start over with Jamie Lee Curtis, they call it retconning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is retconning now. Randy Randy Weingar starting to retcon. But the White House is not done. The Biden White House is not done with the fear porn strategy, but they're doing what they always do. And the same strategy they're using now, the new strategy, same as the old strategy. Here, this is apparently going to be their new messaging room from the uh, message from the White House. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing, and we will get through this. You vaccinated folks, you've done the right thing. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winner of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Here we go again. What have I told you guys endlessly about the left, right? The left can never, ever get you to vote for their stuff. They can't. Have you ever seen a campaign sign ever in your life that said, uh, you should pay higher taxes, you should turn your health care over to the government, and you should let us solely determine where your kid goes to school? You've never seen that. Maybe only in radical far left districts, right? Leftist policies suck. So the way leftists win elections is they don't tell you what they're going to do. They just tell you to hate the other guy. It's a negation strategy, right? So what do they do? The left says, well, our policies suck. No one wants to pay higher taxes. No one wants government-controlled health care. So let's do this. Let's tell American voters that the Republicans hate them so much because they're black, they're Muslim, they're Jewish, they're union workers, that we're going to protect you against them. Vote for us. We're going to protect you against the other. I call it the divide and conquer strategy. You see it? You see it in that press release? Yeah. The same strategy, the the new strategy, same as the old strategy. Now is a new category for them the vaccinated. We love you all. You have done the right thing. To those dopey unvaccinated people, they're going to die. All of them. Did you see it? Did you catch it? That's exactly what they planned on doing. It is a divide and conquer strategy. Whenever they can create a new category of people, they'll do it. Now it's going to be the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And for the vaccinated, even though their risk of catching COVID is, is significant, even with the vaccination, they're going to say, look, we're protecting you against those evil, unvaccinated types. It's a divide and conquer strategy. People now, will die. <clears throat> you know it. People will die. Bernie said it before. Now. Back to the retconning of history. See, Fauci and Collins are still married to this lockdown type strategy. And they don't want to admit they're wrong. Francis Collins has an ego. Dr. Fauci has an ego the size of Northern California. They don't want to give it up. Randy Weingarten is starting to feel the rage of both uh, good good quality teachers and parents out there. Randy Weingarten is the head of one of the largest teachers unions in the country. She's starting to realize after Virginia and New Jersey what happened in those elections that, oh boy, did she overstep her bounds. These school lockdowns are going to lead to a disastrous outcome, the outcomes of which in the future are going to be worse and worse and worse as kids start to experience what this lapse, this vacuum of education in the last year and a half, what the profound effects are going to have on their prosperity later as they lost a year and a half of schooling. Weingarten, head of one of the largest teachers unions, now six, one of our union thugs. Dan, how dare you call this guy a union thug? I didn't. He calls himself it in his Twitter profile. Check it out. He's at Asher Huey. This guy looks like an Asher Huey. He looks like a Mr. Huey. So he says this is one of uh, Randy Weingarten's union thugs. He says this piece, it's a New York Times piece, talking about how Randy Weingarten was all about keeping the schools open. Ha! Was all about keeping the schools open. This piece cuts right through so many of the lies about Randy Weingarten. Since April 2020, she's been fighting to reopen schools and keep them open safely. And she's done so while engaging with parents and communities. If you believe this, seek immediate, immediate help from a qualified mental health professional. This woman did everything in her power to make sure that schools were closed. Your kid got screwed over. She even threatened a strike if they wanted to open up schools. You say, Dan, we need some evidence. Of course, I'm always here to provide it. New York Post. Powerful Teachers Union influenced the CDC on school reopenings email show. They were actually emailing the CDC to keep the schools closed. Number two, Reason Magazine. Folks, we always bring the receipts. Teachers unions want wealth taxes, charter school bans, and Medicare for all before schools can reopen. Coming up next, Fox, you see that? They were engaged in a little bribe thing. But I thought Randy Weigart was working to get the schools open. Oh, yeah, as long as someone paid off the unions of them first with all these little nuggets. Fox News, White House considered teachers' unions labor disputes before releasing Reopening guidance <laughs> email show. Here, let's throw one more in there. You may say Fox, New York Post. Let's go with some leftist out. Okay, Bloomberg, CDC still getting interference about opening up schools, this time from teachers. Retconning history, folks. She's retconning history because this data is starting to come out about the devastating effects of this stuff. The fentanyl use, the suicides. The teen suicidal ideation, suicide rate, the damage these teachers' unions have caused your kids is seriously incalculable. It's incalculable. You cannot calculate it yet. You will not know for decades down the road the damage that was done from this. Retconning history now. By the way, their strategy clearly isn't working, folks. Going all in on vaccination and mask mandates has not worked. New York, sadly, is experiencing a severe outbreak. Unlike these clowns on the left, I don't blame a politician for it's a respiratory virus. The left are sick, disgusting people. Here, post-millennial article. Fully vaxxed and boosted, Elizabeth Warren, senator, test positive for COVID-19. Cory Booker tested positive as well as also a Jason Crow uh, representative on the House side. Again, we should never be leftists, especially during this Christmas season. I wish them well. I hope they get better. Um, It's just disgusting how everything has to be politicized. Coronavirus sucks. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. I was vaccinated. I got a case of coronavirus, and no one is going to tell me it was mild because it wasn't. Thank the Lord for Ron DeSantis and the availability of monoclonal antibodies. If other states would replicate this strategy, Uh, I'm sure we would have far better outcomes, but they can't because they don't want to give any credit to Ron DeSantis because he's a conservative Republican. I hope Senator Warren and Booker are doing well and the congressman. But it's another data point here, small one, not necessarily this positive, but again, that the strategy is not working. Fauci and Collins are holding strong, though. Good job, fellas. What would we do without public health officials like you? All right. Let me get to the Ghislaine Maxwell case and an update that I find suspicious. Um, before we do that, let me get to my third sponsor here. This Maxwell case is just the curveballs being thrown at people in this case are 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 odd. And I want to address, you know what? Let me put that. I want to address something that someone sent to me this weekend about the uh, Jeffrey Epstein case because I don't think they understood what I had said during the show. Of course, like, uh, no, I'll get to it in a second. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the world made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Didn't eat last night. I had a turkey burger. for Not to bore you with my side stories, folks, but do you ever eat a super heavy lunch at like 2.30? And amazingly, at 9 o'clock at night, you're still not hungry. I had tomato. I'm not a soup guy, but this tomato basil soup in First Watch is amazing. I had that and a, their turkey burger, and then I had three eggs over medium with it. I, that was it. I didn't have to eat the rest of the day. I, I was not hungry at all. But then I woke up this morning ravenous. I Really, I was ready to, like, chew on the yeah. coffee machine outside of my house. You ever get that feeling? Yeah. Think about, <laughs> The Ghislaine Maxwell case. We have an update on that from the Telegraph. Turns out headline evidence from Jeffrey Epstein safe went missing after an FBI raid. Court hears in Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Folks, listen, um, I have over a decade of experience as a federal agent myself. Who cares? Hey, look at me experience. I'm just telling you for to prove bona fides here. I have processed hundreds, if not thousands of pieces of evidence throughout my law enforcement career. I don't know how you would lose evidence. Let me explain to you how evidence works. You serve a search warrant in Jeffrey Epstein's house, and let's say, for example, you find videotapes or DVDs or whatever it may be. You then take them. You tag them. You note where you found them. In many cases, you take pictures. In most cases now, you take pictures of where you found them. You catalog them in evidence envelopes so you can't tamper with them, right? You seal the envelope. You sign the envelope. It then comes back with you in custody, and it goes back typically, well, in the Secret Service to an evidence vault, which is a big, like, bank safe in the office. To go in the evidence vault, you have to sign in. To sign out the evidence, you have to sign out the specific piece of evidence. How the hell do you lose evidence in a case this big? Is it lost? Was it lost, if you get what I mean? I don't know. I'm just telling you, I've never seen evidence. You know what I did see evidence lost? Seriously, uh, sadly, during 9 11, our office was in Seven World Trade Center, the Secret Service office. Seven World Trade came down. I promise we lost a lot of evidence. That's the only time I've ever seen evidence lost. Here's another thing I want to address. Someone sent me an email this week. You know, hey, Dan, remember that thing you'd mentioned a while ago about Epstein and the plane and Clinton? Yeah. Like, when are you gonna break that? I said, break what? I told you it's not my it's not my story. I can't say this enough. This is why sometimes I regret saying things on my show. It's not because I regret saying it, it's because people don't understand it. And I answer emails for a year when I'm clear as day about what happened. It's not you, it's just a limited number of people. But the audience free, if even one person's upset, it bothers me. I'll say this clearly. I have a friend of mine who called me a long time ago, who was on a plane with Epstein and Clinton, was there and saw some very suspicious, shady stuff. It's his. I don't have any more detail. Said one day, get back to me and tell me the full story or give me permission to run with at least the minimal details I have. He hasn't since. So it's not my, I, I, there's nothing I can do. I can't force him into it. It's not my information to give up. I'm not going to talk to you about details I don't have. But he did give me permission to tell you that. That it was odd, very odd what happened. And it bothered him forever. I'm, I'm not trying to be cryptic. or the, the story, the the guy's credibility is unimpeachable. Believe me. But the exact details I can't give you because... I don't have them. He does. One of these days, I'm sure I'll put him out. And when he does, we'll be here to give it to you. But I assure you, that conversation happened. Okay, what a Dow down a 400 right now uh, on opening. Oof, boy, a disaster. All right, two-pager today for a Monday. You know Monday's always loaded up. So libs are having a math problem, folks, which isn't uncommon. Sometimes I wonder, is it really a math problem? If it's a math problem, it would have to be due to their own stupidity. And a lot of them aren't stupid. I Believe me, that would be the easy way out. You know, many are. I mean, Joe Biden is genuinely not a bright guy. But most of them aren't stupid. It's very calculated lying that they do, and they just pretend they're dumb. Here's a perfect example. So the Bill Back Worst plan, there was a major, major media moment. So Brett Baer is in for Chris Wallace. It's the first weekend on Fox News Sunday. Well, they've had a new host, Brett Baer, in there. Whether he's going to be permanent or not, I'm not sure. But folks, it was a major, major media moment. And from what I'm hearing from people in the in the circuit there, in the media circuit, nobody had any idea Joe Manchin, Democrat senator from West Virginia, was going to go on Fox News Sunday and say he's a, quote, no on the Build Back worse plan, Biden's Build Back worse plan, right? Nobody knew that. That was major, major breaking news on the show this week. So, given that the left-wing media activists were stunned by the fact that Joe Manchin's joining 50 Republicans who've also said no to the Build Back Worse plan, and good for them, this is what they're supposed to do: stand for Republican principles. But ABC News is having a hard time with the math. This is an actual Excuse me. This is an actual tweet from them. Is their at ABC account? Quote, a single senator is about to seriously set back an entire presidential agenda. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there are 50 Republicans plus Joe Manchin. 51, 1, 51, 1, 51. Uh, I believe the majority rules in the Senate and 51 is greater than 49. Joe do you have Jay's abacus? Uh, we haven't had Jay's abacus out in a while. Can you just do a little quick, uh, quickie on Jay's abacus there for the bit? If you know Jay's abacus, well. you are an early, early listener. Me- just to be sure, double check the math for me. Fifth, what's a, what's a greater number? Is it fifty-one? 51- or 49, I'm just checking. Well, I may ask you for a follow-up. Oh, on yeah, that. and uh, yeah, it's 51 is without a doubt. Thank you. The Thank largest you. number. Yeah. Joe yeah, confirms the using an abacus sent to us by Jay in the early days of the show. Folks, 51 senators is not a single senator. Now, the left knows that. They're just full-time activists, and they want to put pressure on Joe Manchin, so they want to single him out, making him appear like he's on his own. A single senator, which is weird. Because if Joe Manchin's going to thankfully sink this disastrous build back Worse plan, why isn't he being celebrated like John McCain? Remember when John McCain sunk that Obamacare reform? The Republicans finally would have gotten a hold of this disastrous oh, yeah. behemoth and John McCain famously had to humiliate the conservative movement by giving the thumbs down. Remember this? Oh, remember that? Yes, yeah, sir. Maverick, yeah, bucking the trend, bravery, honor, code, Notice Joe Manchin does the same thing on the left, and all of a sudden the math the people lose their ability to do math. Now, here's some strategic brilliance by members of the squad who thought they sat around in a room with a focus group. They're like, "Okay, so Joe Manchin is going to uh, sink our, our socialist agenda here through bill back worse. What do we do?" So a bunch of geniuses, instead of trying to convince Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, were like, "I've got an idea. Let's send Cory Bush." and the squad and Bernie Sanders on TV, and let's attack Joe Manchin. I'm like, this is great. You guys are really good at consensus building. Just fantastic. Here's squad member Corey Bush uh, on, I don't know, CNN or whatever. Is this CNN? Jake Tapper? On with the, what is it? MSNBC, sorry. Here's Corey Bush on MSNBC uh, deciding to attack Joe Manchin in a moment of just pure strategic brilliance, indicative of the dopiness of the squad. Check this out.
1: When I leave this interview, I'm going to the intrawebs and I'm going to be looking for the phone number to the Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future, or the email address to see if they can go and see about Scrooge on um, on uh, Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, not Scrooge, uh, Senator Matthews. I know who
0: you're talking about. There you go. That's a brilliant strategy, Corey Bush. Let's uh, insult him into voting for us. Believe me, it got worse. That was it's Christmas week, so I'm giving you the milder ones, especially the Scrooge reference because Christmas is coming up. Good job, Corey Bush. Well done. Speaking of leftists and ridiculous debating strategies, so uh, this weekend on my show, Unfiltered, you know, I don't like playing clips of myself because it's stupid. Like, hey, look at me. But, uh, you know, I can't redo this clip. If it was just me, I could just redo it. Um, But it was a debate I had this weekend. I do pretty much 75% of the time, about three out of every four shows every month, I do a debate with a Democrat. I love the segment. Feedback's about 90% positive, 10% negative. I always give you both sides. The 10% are like, why are you giving these people airtime? The 90% get it because when we give them airtime, we show the vacuous nature of their position, how they don't ever have anything to back it up. What have I told you about the left for a long time? The left is based their entire political strategy on emotion. They have no facts or data to back things up. Their position is always that we are bad people with ideas, while we argue that you are people with bad ideas. <clears throat> I have never, ever seen a segment. I've done with a leftist or anyone else where a leftist is so epitomized this position. Notice the personal attacks here when I confront Nomiki Kantz with data about climate change, global warming, and its relationship to storms. Storms are not getting more severe. There's no data to back that up at all. Watch the reaction as she gets emotional on me. And listen, I appreciate her coming on. She's welcome back. But watch how she gets emotional. Accuses me of not caring about dead people, but never produces a shred of evidence. Again, proving my golden rule that the left thinks you're bad people with ideas. They're just arguing you're bad. They're not arguing the ideas. Watch it all come out right here in this cut from my Saturday show, Unfiltered. Check this out
1: a turtleneck today and I'm dying of heat we understand it's not just about climate and this is my question to you and to those who are not understanding what is happening it is hard to not understand that blizzards are worse tornadoes are worse hurricanes are worse there are fires there were over yeah, 100 yeah, but fires not. in Greece this summer not to mention most of them no, we literally it. nothing so you're l- saying is true I'll this. put data on the reality. screen right here the, screen. the last
0: day. EF5 tornado struck eight years ago that's the longest streak of its kind on record. Nothing you're saying here is true. They're not more intense and there's not more of them. Tell I'm that just asking the families you to answer that that. Tell you that that to, the,
1: to the Amazon workers who died in that no, Amazon I'm telling facility. It to you. Tell that to the people yeah, who lost their Yeah, that's tragic.
0: But well, you but trying like, to politicize their deaths is really why kind are of you gross. Against-
1: acknowledging what's out there, outside your door. Why are you against science? Is there by by any chance a financial reason? Is it because oil and gas is funding the airwaves? I'd like to know why you are against what everybody else on this planet sees and is trying to prepare no, I'm just for. Citing I feel so National bad for your Hurricane children Center who have data to live and in this And International future. Panel on it's, Climate Change, no, you just don't like well, the data. Well, then I'll fight with a scientist. If you're going to have that, then bring on a yeah. scientist I, to I react to that. I just showed you the, the problem scientists. is, no scientist like will
0: debate that. Yeah. I, it's I, absurd. Okay. it's I absurd. I noticed I produced no, data. Scientists, no scientists, no global leader. just a bunch of nonsense. All right, I got to go. But thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it. CEOs,
1: they're reacting to climate change.
0: Again, they're always welcome back. So, for the ten percent of you who ask why I do this and you don't like it, listen—that's why I, 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 I insist on doing that segment as often as I can. The problem we have: if you want a little behind the scenes, again, being candid with you, I'm always open with the audience. We can't find any leftists to come on. I'm not kidding. I mean, we could show you the emails of leftists who will, even Fox News contributors who are left, they will not come on my show. They won't. I I mean, I'm not celebrating. I'm just saying they they were just terrified of losing a debate on TV, which they always do. I mean, she had nothing. Accusing me of not liking science while presenting science she didn't like has got to be peak leftist. I've never seen anything like that. And then attacking me for not caring about these people is just, again, peak leftists. There is no data to back that up, folks. There is no data to back that up. Storms are not getting worse. They're not getting more frequent. This is the longest drought we've had with EF5 tornadoes, and it wasn't even an EF5. It was tragic. It was deadly, but it wasn't even an EF5. I don't know what she's talking about. And I mentioned the IPCC data, International Panel on Climate Change, which the left always cites has already acknowledged that their data, they can't tell it, that they don't have the data capabilities to analyze this tornado-type activity being uh worse or more severe. That's there. I, I put the quotes on the screen. It's, again, a perfect example of the left thinking we're bad people with ideas, arguing that we're bad, not that the idea and the facts are bad. All right, but she's welcome back. Appreciate her coming on. All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and here's what I got coming up. What is with crazed leftists and predators supporting child predators and predators? What is, it's really disgusting. It's, we found something this weekend, something pretty stunning. Had a lot of us surprised. Even Guy, when I showed it to him, he doesn't get surprised easily. He like is the most non-emotional guy about stuff. Even he was like, whoa, that was rough. Just a quick story before I get to the crave, left, crazed leftists and why they're always supporting predators, which is just really, really disgusting, I might add. CNBC article you'll see in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please subscribe before years end. I send you the best articles of the day. It's all free, of course. We don't uh, spam your inbox. CNBC, Tesla's Elon Musk to pay a record-breaking $12 billion tax bill. Oh. Whoa. Now, Joe is Joe listens to me before the show. Oh. He I, we have little conversations and stuff. Joe knows I although I won't be paying 12 billion dollars, that would be quite a good problem to have. I have a, my tax bills are pretty outrageous too. I've complained openly to Joe about the number. Um they're pretty ridiculous. And I just want to ask you with this. It's a very simple question. It's not a joke. I'm not kidding. Do you think that 12 billion dollars would be better spent in the hands of an entrepreneur like Elon Musk or in the hands of like a Dr. Fauci, Francis Collins, Joe Biden, Corey Bush uh, type. I'm just going to throw that out there. You all stew on that and can get back to me next Monday. Joe, I think Elon Musk personally was better off taking the $12 billion and flushing it down the toilet like that Lorraine Bracco character in Goodfellas when they find the cocaine in the house. That's what he's, be- he's better off doing. It would be better spent. Read that article. You know, the rest do pay taxes. Elon Musk himself is paying more taxes than probably some people in entire states. I mean the whole state. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. What is with these crazed leftists and supporting predators? So this weekend I'm uh, milling around kind of doing some stuff this weekend. I had a busy weekend. Had to finish up some shopping for some folks that matter to me. And I get an email, and I'm like, no freaking way. Pardon my language. I'm like, no way. Turns out, you know the cat lady, Nandini Jammy, She's a George Soros operative. And what she does is she sits in her basement with her cats. I love cats, by the way. I had a cat. Just don't like Nandini and the cats. So she sits in her basement with her cats and some Hot Pockets or whatever it may be. And she targets conservative websites, Daily Wire, Postmillennial, Bongino.com. And she basically is like a big Karen. Like, hey, you know they're conservative? You should censor their free speech. And amazingly, companies like Bonobos and Equinox uh, wind up folding. You know, Equinox, the gym, and Bonobos, the sock company, which is bizarre. So I'm asking Bonobos, the sock company, and Equinox, if you have a gym membership or any socks from Bonobos, you may want to rethink that decision, shopping there again. Do you support this? Because the lady you're taking orders from, the cat lady, Nandini Jammy, uh, appears to support lesser punishment for s- people who are uh, child predators and sex offenders. Wait, what? Yeah. If you want to read the article at Bongito.com, you can see it's headline Soros back activist Nandini Jami argued for lesser punishments for young sex offenders. Oh, really? What is with their fascination with defending predators? She's also defended an Antifa guy accused of being a predator to by women. What is with her defense of, of people who act as predators on kids and women? What is with that? That is weird. Bonobos, do you support this? What about Equinox? Be a real shame if someone asks Bonobos and linked this article in Equinox why you support this woman. So from the piece, Nandini wrote in her blog that she concludes with some additional sympathy for, she concludes her blog with additional sympathy for youthful sex offenders, writing quote, she acknowledged this was her, by the way, However, we do know for sure that the stigma attached with being a known sex offender is harrowing for anyone, especially a teenager. As an early NCPC blog states, we need to ensure that offenders make positive connections to the community. How do we do that? We're still working our way through that question. No, no, we don't need that. We don't need that. If you're a sex offender, we don't want any connections to the community. We'd rather you detach yourself from the community and leave or be in prison for being a sex offender. But not Nandini. Nope. Now, many of you may say, many of you being the left, may say, well, Dan, she, turns out she wrote that blog, Boy, was it, back in 2007? No, 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 that's not the rules anymore. That's not the rules. The cat lady has laid out the rules with Bonobos and Equinox, and the rules are, no matter what you said or how long ago you said it, your website should be boycotted, right? That's the rules. Yeah. That's the new rules. Yeah. New Joe, don't, that's the rules, right? <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yep. That's... They don't like them, their rules, Joe. Them, their rules are no good. Dang. Too bad. Your rules, not ours. So, Nandini, uh, we should all be tweeting and Facebooking and messaging and emailing Bonobos and Equinox, the gym and the sock company, asking them why they're taking orders from someone who is apparently going to bat for child predators. That's kind of weird, isn't it? In a quite hilarious tweet. The Nandini, by the way, is the queen of the cell phones. If you follow her at Nandoodles on Twitter, she, I mean, really is the queen of the cell phones. And the great part is she never gets it. Like she misses the cell phone, which is a self own own. Like she owns her own cell phones. So she tries to boycott the post millennial, Andy Noah, a site he's been he was associated with, right? And she says the so the post millennials got the she uses the S word. Ads possible. It's an ad for a toilet bowl cleaner. As Andy no points out there is Nandini those ads for removing fecal stains in the toilet appeared for you because of your internet browsing habits Nandini (laughs) so maybe Nandini's got some GI problem and some fecal stains on her bowl I don't know maybe you know she should partner up with like tidy bowl or something I don't know Nandini is it what is that thing Like some kind of gastric disorder? Is it some kind of like issue you've got going there? You got some kind of gastrointestinal inflammation or something? Uh, Listen, I don't wish ill on anyone. I hope you clear that up. Maybe see a doctor, GI specialist. I don't know. But she's apparently searching for how to clean up her toilet bowl quite often. So uh, nice work, Andy, No pointing that out. All right. On a serious note. Last story of the day. I don't mean to leave you on a bad note on a Monday, but I saw this story at the end of the show, so I put it in at the end. That's the only reason. I I wanted to make sure I got it in. A Fox 4 story. Folks, this is devastating stuff. Um, Fentanyl. Fentanyl overdoses. Did you know this? Become the number one cause of death among U.S. adults ages 18 to 45. This is a Fox News article by Audrey Conklin. Quote, a national emergency. Didn't know it. No, I didn't. Mm Mm-mm. Now, either Joe, either did not listen. Yeah. I, um, you and I both knew it was a problem. The number one cause of death, folks. I, again, I, I, I don't. If I, you know, I'm not going to feign knowledge. I, did, I knew this was a serious problem. That it was this series. of When I saw this headline, I said to Gee, you got to put this in at the end of the show. And why? Not just to comment on the growing obvious national emergency here with fentanyl overdoses, but why aren't we hearing more about this? The reason Joe and I both bring up that we didn't know how bad the problem was is because I assure you, many of you didn't know either. Why? Why would the media and the left be hiding this story? Well, maybe drug addictions become a serious problem and a growing and serious, it's always been a serious problem, but a more serious problem now, especially with fentanyl. Maybe because of the lockdowns. Kids not being able to socially interact. Maybe that's why you're not hearing about it. Let me say on this Christmas season too, before I get to my, you know what? Let me just get to my second point. I'll get back to that. I am going to get lost. So the first reason I don't think the media wants to talk about is because the lockdowns, I think, have a large part of it. And that was a largely leftist supported supported, uh, series of guidelines to tie up the show. But the second reason, where's the fentanyl coming into the country? By airdrops? It's coming in across the southern border. So I think the reason you're not hearing more about this national epidemic is because it would focus on the trafficking going on at the southern border along with illegal immigration of fentanyl. They don't want to talk about that, do they? Let me wrap up the show with this. I didn't intend to do this, but Joe's heard this before. And, you know, listen, Joe is in the music business. So, you know, back in the day, as you can well attest to, Joe, yes. you know, substance abuse was kind of a big. We've been surrounded by this our whole yeah. lives. I grew up in New York City. You know, I'm not shy about it. Substance abuse was a big issue. Um, Not with me personally, but with a lot of people I know, including family members. And I'll say to those addicts out there, I ran into a friend again this weekend, a guy I've talked about on the show. I used to run into him in the gym. Got his life back in order. He's had some issues on and off with addiction for a while, but he's back. I saw him in a restaurant I was in this weekend. And it warmed my heart. He looked amazing. He was telling me how he's now uh, deadlifting 315 pounds for reps. I was so proud of him. And I say to the addicts out there, and I mean it. This is your show. I am your guy. I am here for you. It is a serious problem. The chemical dependency part is real. But there are choices to be made, and you can make those choices too. That struggle is hard, but you are always welcome here. God loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. We love and respect you. We all have challenges. None of us are perfect. I don't stand here in judgment. And any day you can turn this around. I know it's hard. I know it's not. That chemical dependency is real. You can see it in people's eyes. But you're strong. And you can beat it. And there's no better time of year to turn your life around than now. You got a new year coming right up. It's going to be really tough. But you're loved. God loves you. You matter. We love you here, and having dealt with dependency in my family, I know the scourge it is, but you can get through it. You can get through it. You're always welcome. here, Always. And I really enjoy your letters from people who have this issue who found some inspiration in the show. We're here for you. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. My radio show later at 1 p.m. Eastern time, I've got Hugh Ross, who wrote a fascinating book called Why the Universe is the Way It Is. It is a life-changing book I read a long time ago. He's an astrophysicist who writes about the existence of God. And it is a powerful book using plain numbers, math, very simply written, not overly complicated, on why there has to be a God. There's simply no mathematical possibility otherwise. He'll be up on my radio show at 1 p.m. Eastern time today. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We will be back here tomorrow with another show for you on Tuesday. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.